All right, everyone, welcome back to Spatular Extremities. Tonight's episode is going to be on the British horror zine. Yuck. Alright, so this episode is on the 1987 British horror fanzine, Yuck. And you know, when I first saw this one, I didn't even know if I really wanted to talk about it. Because it's really short, the average issue is about 8 pages. There are only 4 issues. And of all the zines that I have looked at lately, and all of the ones that I have even thought to review... This one is by far the cheapest in every sense of the word. It looks like it was made on a word processor, but we're talking like a 1987 word processor. So it may have been cutting edge at the time. They obviously just typed it up and Xeroxed it. The pictures are... Well, where they exist even, they are of uniformly low quality. The writing is very passionate, but not very good. And the thing came with a price tag of 20 pence, which something tells me that even in 1987 dollars, that was not a lot of money. But you know, I read it over a second time and the damn thing warmed its way into my heart like a lamprey eel. This is the kind of thing that you could imagine a couple of high school students getting together and throwing together because they just want their voices to get out there. And what they want to share with the world is their joy of movies in which people are flayed, gutted, and ripped apart. Now, Yuck was started by a couple of guys named Nigel and Andy. And the first issue is called The Cannibal Clan. And it has a very nicely succinct mission statement. It says, Yuck is aimed at the rare breed of people who regularly feed on a diet of torture, dismemberment, and zombie cannibal gut crunching. If you are one of these people, Yuck is for you. We will start off as a monthly publication and we will bring you reviews of video nasties and other gore films that have not reached our stores. If we progress, we may increase our size, but this is down to you. In future issues, we will be reviewing fanzines done by fellow gore horror film fans. And just for a bit of background, I know I mentioned this in the Band in Britain episode, but Video Nasties were a list of movies that had been either censored or outright banned in the UK. When I first started running across the term, I thought it was some kind of a subgenre, but it turns out that it's actually specific movies. And so I think every movie that is reviewed in Yuck was made outside of Britain. For example, the four that are in the first issue, um, three were made in Italy and one is French. And in keeping with the theme of the Cannibal Clan, the four movies that are reviewed in the first issue are 
Cannibal Apocalypse, Cannibal Ferox, Cannibal Holocaust, and Cannibal Terror. So we just have cannibals all over the place here. And you know what's really funny is that by the second issue, they had already been picked up by a comic book store. You know, they're probably nice guys, the price point is right, and they're obviously really into their subject. And so the second issue, which is dedicated to Italian director Lucio Fulci, as promised in the first issue, it has a zine review. Though by this point, Andy is gone, and it is Nigel flying solo. And I wanted to read you a paragraph from the review of City of the Living Dead. This is a 1980 Lucio Fulci film. It says, The gore is very well done by Ruffini. One scene in particular where a woman vomits her entrails up at the sight of the dead priest. In another interview with Fangoria, Fulci explained, We had to use the entrails of a sheep, which had just had its throat cut, because the entrails dry out after ten minutes and can't be used. These really had to be swallowed by the actress, which she then vomited up. Horrible, isn't it? That was in an interview in Fangoria. Or, here's another another noteworthy sentence in uh, the review of Zombie Flesh Eaters. It says, uh... We are going to eat you, cried the ads, but Fulci's living dead weren't all that hungry. In most cases, they just took one big bite out of their victims and left them to join the ranks of the undead, as was the case with Aretta Gray, who has her throat bitten out in loving detail by a zombie which emerges from the ground, dripping with maggots. You really get the, you really get the idea that our man Nigel was just made for this job. Now, by the third issue, Nigel has branched out a bit. He's going into slightly more mainstream films. There's a review of Cronenberg's version of The Fly and Romero's Day of the Dead. There are still a few of the the more sort of out-there horror films. And this time there are three fanzine reviews instead of just one. The fourth issue has a really handy guide to it. Because you may not know, but a lot of movies, especially the ones that get made in Europe, tend to have two titles. Oftentimes, a movie released in one English-speaking country will have a different title in another English-speaking country. So, Nigel has a nice little guide that gives both titles for the movies so people don't actually go out and buy two copies. And this would have been really handy in the 80s because I remember cassettes being just insanely marked up. And by this point, um, Yuck is actually getting some write-ups in pretty big magazines. And Nigel has kind of gone back to talking about more obscure movies. There's, there's a review of uh, Flesh for Frankenstein, which was actually an Andy Warhol-produced Frankenstein movie. Now, I've seen the other Andy Warhol-produced uh, monster movie, which was Blood for Dracula. So if you spot either of those anywhere, I would recommend that you check them out. They are truly bizarre. There's also a review for the movie Buried Alive, which is a 
disgusting movie. And it's not even disgusting just because they use real corpses in the movie, though that's bad enough. And finally, there's a review of a movie, and I'm going to totally butcher this title. It's called Ultima Gridis Dalla Savana. And it is basically an Italian Faces of Death clone. And I'll read this one to you. Uh, Ultima is a, an Italian Mondo-type documentary examining the mysteries of death and ritual. Filmed Faces of Death style, Ultima takes the viewer through two hours of non-stop, some for the stupid Italian adverts, National Geographic-type footage, endless shots of landscapes, and hippies at a Woodstock-type gig. Because the copy I saw was taped directly from Italian TV, it was impossible to follow the narrator. However, uh, however, sight alone was enough. Many scenes described above mostly dominated the film, but there were a few which did stick in the memory for various reasons. One, where a man is savaged by a lion, which was better filmed than the crocodile seen in Faces of Death. Another, where a group of wine-guzzling mercenaries attack a small group of South American Indians. Haven't they seen Cannibal Ferox? Uh, I'm going to skip over some of this. Although very gross, Ultima is quite an interesting look at our ultimate destiny, a little over long at two hours, perhaps. It's not the sort of thing you can watch over and over again. The camera, the camera work is very good. There isn't too much of this wobbling which spoils parts of Face of Death. Ultima is definitely one of the better Mondo-type movies. Unfortunately, it ha hasn't had a release in Britain. Maybe that's just as well, because it would probably be banned anyway. And so, like I said, that's that's the final issue. And for a while, I was thinking, well, what happened? I mean, the thing seemed to be building at kind of a normal pace, and it seemed to be going somewhere. And then he just stopped producing it. But then I was hunting through some stuff, and I found I found a zine that I hadn't seen before, and it is called Raw Virus. And I opened up Raw Virus. And right there, it says, Remember me? I'm Nigel Bartlett from Yuck. So our friend Nigel was not yet done. And it's kind of hard to say who I would recommend this fanzine to. I think it's a neat thing to look at how people were getting themselves out there in an age before social media because this guy probably had to write letters and pound the pavement and talk to people just to get this thing in in stores let alone getting it in reviewed it reviewed in a magazine like Samhain which was a much bigger publication probably almost almost as big as Fangoria I mean if you want some recommendations for horror movies I'm sure that this guy has quite the vocabulary for it and you will probably find at least one or two things you haven't seen even if you are a diehard. But I think more than anything it tells you that you don't have to be all polished you just have to create something and just put it out there and have the right attitude and see what happens. I mean hell that's obviously what I'm doing. So that's yuck, but before I go, I wanted to talk about one more zine that I found. And this one is unrelated to anything I have talked about so far, any subject or anything like that. The other one that I found is a zine called Cheap Shit. Uh, 
Now, Cheap Shit is made by someone named Inu Waters. And Inu Waters lives in Bogota, Colombia. And he also does another zine called Colombian Trash. In fact, if you read Spanish, you may want to check out Colombian Trash before you check out Cheap Shit. Because it looks like it might be better. But Cheap Shit is a small zine made up of photographs and drawings. And the photographs are just lovely. They're these black and white images. And I know, I know some of them were taken in Oaxaca and some were taken in Bogota. But they're interspersed with these weird-ass drawings. I mean, really strange sexualized line art. I, I, you really have to check it out. I, there's not really enough text in the thing that I could give a full review, which is why I'm tacking it on to another one. But I think that Cheap Shit just might be my favorite of the ones that I have reviewed so far. It's just beautiful and weird and crass and I I just I really recommend it. I mean, I'll obviously, you know me, I'll leave you the links to Yuck and I'll leave you the links to Cheap Shit. I I really think you ought to check both out. But I think that Cheap Shit will probably appeal to a bigger audience. So, you know, as always, thanks for listening and oh, I wanted to give a personal thanks to whoever is running the BitChute Twitter account. You know, if you're a small creator like me, and you just feel like you are disappearing in something like a YouTube, it's really nice to A, be on a place like BitChute where, for one thing, you get some traffic, and for the other, the people there just seem very responsive. So I really recommend it, especially if you're a smaller creator. So anyway, I hope your Monday was um, okay. And, uh, you know, I will talk to you all soon. All right. Goodbye.